My pal Scott Pruitt, who was a commissioner or administrator of the Environment Protection Agency, the EPA, under Donald Trump. And um, Scott, welcome back. Uh, this fabulous decision by the Supremes on uh, Thursday, which is a great curtailment of the EPA and its power to regulate carbon emissions for power plants. I guess it's mostly coal and natural gas. Um, no emissions caps. The, uh, the Power Act that was started by Obama, which could never get through Congress, uh, you came up with your own, as I recall, Affordability Act. Um, I mean, I'd say you won this retrospectively, Scott Pruitt. You should be very happy, guy. Well, Larry, Larry, let, me, let me tell you, what a great day for rule of law and, <laughs> separation, and separation of powers constitutionally. I mean, the, the problem with the EPA, and it's not just the EPA, it's all the various forms of administrative agencies against the federal, uh, across the federal government. But the, the, the EPA is the greatest culprit. The, the last time that the Clean Air Act was amended in this country was 1990, 32 years ago. So the last time that Congress touched the Clean Air Act to deal with issues like carbon or power generation or these issues that was before the court was 32 years ago. And the court basically said fundamentally that, hey, executive branch – you can't legislate in the place of Congress. I mean, this is fifth grade civics. Hmm. You know, the executive the, the executive branch exists to enforce the law. The legislative branch exists to do what? Pass the laws as, as represented by the people. And, and what's happening across the deep state, the fourth branch of government, the regulatory state in Washington, D.C., is that they've taken license. They've basically inserted themselves in the place of Congress and passed rules and regulations in place of legislation. And the court said no more. So this is a far-reaching decision. It's not just the EPA that's going to be impacted. It's not just this issue. It's across all the federal bureaucracy. And I'll tell you, in another area that you are very aware of, Larry, it's going to be impacted by this, are the climate rules with the SEC. Yes. I mean, one of the, pri- one of the, one of the primary complaints against what the SEC is doing is where is it the statute? Has Congress spoken to this? And clearly they have not. And so the, the SEC is just making it up out of whole cloth, just like the EPA did under Obama. And you're exactly right. When I came in for President Trump, we repealed the Clean Power Plan. We rejected that rule and said effectively that the statute didn't authorize it. And then we took steps to do that which the statute required and allowed. And, and, and that isn't radical. That's right. It's going to affect, yeah, the, the Securities Exchange Commission, when it's written this multi-hundred-page document, it's all about climate change, forcing companies uh, to publish information not just the, not just their uh, climate, not just their emissions, but their customers, their suppliers, direct, indirect, cumulative. But that's what the EPA law, uh, uh, standards have set down. And you see it, you know, yesterday, Scott, I'm sure you saw the Bidens is uh, not going to provide or open up any new leases on the uh, Atlantic side or the Pacific side, if they can get away with it, but that was their original decision. Interior Department uh, rejecting permits, uh, Energy Department rejecting permits. But here's my link, Scott. You I need your need your help on this. These agencies, departments are rejecting energy permits of all kinds, refining 
pipelining, drilling, fracking, and so forth, on the basis of these environmental restrictions and regulations and overkill coming out of the EPA. Again, it's direct, it's indirect, it's cumulative, it's 100 years backwards, 100 years forecast. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, I want to come back to the EPA, but does this uh, Supreme Court decision have any impact on this uh, end to permits that's coming out of energy and interior? Well, it depends. It depends on how specifically the statutes curtail those particular agencies' authority. Because I think what the court is saying, Larry, fundamentally, is you just can't make it up. There's something called the the non-delegation doctrine constitutionally, meaning that one branch of government can't delegate its authority to another. And the Mm -hmm. founders were big about that. The founders were big about you know, having the separation of powers horizontally between the judicial, the legislative, and the executive. And, and Justice Scalia talked about this a lot. He called it structural federalism. And so, so the court is, is focused upon saying, hey, these regulations you're passing, EPA, and it does, across, it does apply across the spectrum. So, so to answer your question, yes, all those agencies will now be awakened to the fact that they can't just simply make it up and fill in the space for Congress. The court is saying, Congress, you must act, because otherwise the people's representatives, the voters, you know, that that we send to Congress. I mean, we don't have a voice in that process. You don't have a voice in a bureaucrat decision when there's, it's untethered to a statute. It's just being made up. It's the technocrat approach that Democrats like to take. And I will tell you, Larry, what's so fascinating to me is to read the criticism, you know, by Justice Kagan in, in the dissent. But more than that, people outside of the the process saying, well, goodness gracious, if this has to go back to Congress, Congress is so dysfunctional. How will anything ever get done? Well, that's that's Congress's problem. Mm-hmm. That's not the court's problem. That's the court's problem. I mean, I, I just so, I'm so thankful the court is doing the job of saying, look, Congress, you must do your job. Jealously guard what you're required to do. And if you don't, we're going to strike down these rules and regulations that the bureaucratic state are passing. Yeah, you know, on that SEC thing, they are the Securities Exchange Commission, and, and there are lots of laws uh, going way back to the 1930s that support that. But Scott Pruitt, uh, they're not the Securities and Environmental Commission. Exactly. There's, there's, exactly. No, there's no legal, statutory, congressional authority that enables exactly. them to turn themselves into another EPA. Exactly. And what should occur tomorrow? What should occur tomorrow if it first day that the courts open next week, if it hasn't been done already, if they if they've issued, which they have, as I understand, final rules with respect to these climate disclosures, those rules ought to be challenged on their face for violating what the Supreme Court just did, because there is no power in the statute to do what they did. And they can't just simply expand it at their own whim. They have to be authorized to do so. I mean, it it is fundamentally fifth-grade civics. Now, we don't teach fifth-grade civics anymore in this country. Uh, And and the the left and the Democrats really don't care about anything about process. All they care about is results and intimidation and all the things that you know go in the marketplace. And the fact of the matter is they can't pass what they want to pass on any number of these issues, not because Congress is dysfunctional. It's because the people don't want it. The people don't want that to pass through Congress. And so what do they do? They use the deep state, the bureaucratic state, which is what I was focused on at the EPA. I mean, President Trump called me on the the day of my confirmation. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but he said, you know, you're in the second most important position in my cabinet, behind only the Secretary of Defense. Now, he may have called everybody and said that. I don't know. 
<laughs> but 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 I don't I don't think so. He understood the relationship between the EPA and the shackles that have been put on the economy by what the whims of bureaucrats and not by Congress. And he told me to fix it, and we did. And and in, in less than eighteen months, we were energy independent, uh, as you know, and dominant on the world stage. And look where we are four years later because of a radical left agenda being passed through the bureaucratic state and not through Congress. You know, Scott Pro, he called me when he brought me into the National Economic Council. But but he said I was the fourth most important guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to keep watch on the first three. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. That was the Yes, that was the NEC role. <laughs> um, what do you think is this? Uh, the EPA cannot put these caps on on power plants, uh, as I understand it, West Virginia being the leader, but they had many states co-sponsoring the lawsuit. Um, In a practical way, how does this impact uh, Biden's war against fossil fuels in your judgment, Scott Pruitt? So well said uh, as far as in a practical way, Larry, because, you know, there is a there's something that goes on when you have these agencies passing these mandatory regulations. You know, when they're trying to shift power generation to solar and wind and away from fossil fuels through regulations, and it's this. Utilities use that as an excuse to go out and close coal and natural gas and replace it with new generation. And the reason that occurs, Larry, is because they get to earn 8 to 10 to 12 percent on on the the capital outlay. You know, because they are regulated entities at the state level, so they go to the corporation commissions of the respective states, the power corporation commissions, and say, we have to close this coal plant. We have to close this natural gas plant. That's going to, it's going to cost us a billion or a billion and a half or $2 billion to replace it with this kind of infrastructure. And then they earn 10 to 12 percent on that and, and, and guaranteed you know, on, on the bonded indebtedness and the capital outlay. And so th- there's always been this relationship between regulation – mandatory regulation forcing this upon the market, the power generation market, and utilities working to close as as fast as they can power generation. They should be focused on what? Reliability and and resiliency of the grid, okay, and doing it in a cost-effective way, but they use the regulation to shut down power generation that's that's in the fossil fuel category and replace it with the renewables, and they get their money on top of it. So this will have an impact there. You know, no longer will the utilities be able to say, oh, the EPA has passed the Clean Power Plan, or they passed this, you know, it's forthcoming. You know, in fact, they built into their, you know, their their submissions at the state level oftentimes a, 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 cap, a, a carbon tax. It's that mm-hmm. a carbon tax is coming or cap, and, or cap and trade is coming. None of that's in statute. But they use those kinds of things and regulations on the mandatory side to say we've got to close down all this generation. No longer will they be able to do that, uh, which is a good thing. But, but, but another area, Larry, that, that, that probably is not as impacted are all these ESG requirements that multinational companies are, are doing on their own initiative with boards, you know, the respective companies, the publicly traded companies. And they're doing that all because of what? Media pressure. And, and, and they're coming in and passing these EG, ESG requirements saying we're going to be carbon neutral by 2025 or carbon neutral by 2030. I mean, how is Delta going to become carbon neutral? They, are, they already claim that they, they are. I mean, are they going to quit flying planes? I mean, so, so uh, no. I mean, so, so how are they going to do that? Through carbon offsets, you know, buying carbon offsets in the marketplace, which the voluntary market, the ESG requirements and the voluntary market as far as carbon offsets, I think, will continue. But, 
those mandatory rulemaking requirements being placed upon utilities will go away, which will affect their in, their ability to claim we've got to shut down coal generation and fossil fuel generation. Um, there's one here. Uh, Biden had set a uh, carbon-free electricity by 2035. He also set uh, a 32% cut in carbon emissions by 2030. Now, those kinds of targets, uh, I presume, would be undermined by this Supreme Court decision. That's correct. Absolutely. And and I don't know what form those took, if they took, you know, if they were executive order, which likely they were, but, you know, they could have been guidance of some sort issued by the White House. They're really not worth the paper they're written on. Right. Because, you know, they, they have to be carried out by whom? They have to be carried out by the, the the administrative agencies, the executive branch agencies, the EPA and others, and they can and those agencies can only act according to what Congress has passed. So this this act, or this decision by the U.S. Supreme Court, reemphasizes we're gonna we're gonna come in and start respecting the powers of each of the respective branches. I mean, it's a great day to be celebrating this on July Fourth weekend. I know. I mean, the federal the federal courts and the in the Supreme Court may be the last surviving branch of our constitutional framework. I mean, the legislative branch is inactive. All they do is spend money, and they spend way too much of it. Mm. Uh, they don't pass any substantive legislation, and the executive branch is imperial. Yes, you know, doing doing the job of and doing the job of Congress through executive order and through regulations. You know, the the, the, the U.S. Supreme Court has shown its mettle. You know, over the last couple of months, by saying, you know what, our job is to interpret the law, to enforce these provisions. Uh, and to determine whether Congress has done its duty, and, and they made it very clear in this case. Congress, you have failed immensely to do your duty. You've not spoken. You've not addressed these issues at all. And until you do, the EPA has no power. Right. And uh, and the Biden administration is the King George III of 2022. And that's what this show is all about, because we're going to restore life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Uh, Scott Pruitt, another one. Uh, the power of the states right now, is this enhanced? Is there a federalism a hook to this? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And I mentioned it earlier because the, the utilities are all governed. The power sector is all governed uh, largely by corporations commission, commissions at the state level. They uh. come in and they set the, the, mar- the market. You know, their requirement, they, uh, you know, as far as their power generation, the allocation, how they spend money, et cetera, what the rates are that they charge. You know, so that's why you had West Virginia. I actually was involved in the original challenge, Larry, as attorney general for Oklahoma on the clean power plan under President Obama because he did the same thing. I mean, he took he, – and that's what really generated West Virginia's lawsuit at the outset and, and the collection of cases. So so it's all about, you know, the, the, the U.S. government not forcing or taking over – the, the, the power reserved to the states, which is to determine uh, utilities and how much they charge and, the, and how to make sure that we have a reliable, resilient, uh, resilient grid. What do you think? Uh, I just got to get you. Uh, it's, it's not exactly EPA, but um, I was pretty surprised. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, uh, but you got the uh, Interior Department declaring late, Last night, I mean, they always do this when they put out the bad news on a holiday weekend, Friday night. Anyway, uh, they're not going to grant any offshore leases for the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans, despite what Biden has said. Now, some people are saying, well, they didn't rule out the Gulf of Mexico. 
and it didn't rule out Alaska. But actually, uh, a few weeks or a month ago, they did rule out Alaska, and they did rule out leases in the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, here they go again. Now, I guess my big picture point here is Biden wants to end fossil fuels. End fossil fuels. 80% of our power and energy comes from fossil fuels. He wants to end it. I would think that this Supreme Court decision puts a dagger in the heart of that goal. No doubt. I mean, no doubt, because the way you shift away from fossil fuels is to force utilities to have a reason or license to do so. Mm. And the, the reason or license that they've used historically is the EPA requiring them to shift, mm. power shifting. And, and that's what this was all about, was this power shifting from fossil fuels to renewables. And look, look we've lost in this whole debate. You have blackouts in Texas. You have blackouts in Oklahoma, not just blackouts in California. Our grid today is less reliable, less resilient because of the craziness out of mm. Washington, D.C. with respect to how we generate power. I mean, we ought to have truly nuclear, fossil fuels, have renewables, but it's, renewables are not dispatchable. You know, if, you, if the sun's not shining and, and the wind's not blowing, that power's not dispatchable. Mm. Uh, coal is on – you can store coal, a solid, what, hydrocarbon, on site at a, at a utility and have it dispatchable within moments mm. if, you've got a, if, you, if you've got demand. And so our grid today is becoming like Europe's. It's becoming less reliable. Do you know France today, Larry, is over 70% nuclear for its power generation? Mm. So, I mean, if that provides reliability and resiliency and what? Lower emissions. But, but in this country, you know, you can't get the Nuclear Regulatory Commission and others to, to take the new technology we have, a small modular technology for nuclear for a city-by-city -city basis and actually put it in place. I mean, we've said no to nuclear. We've said no to fossil fuels, and, and this administration is preaching this Disneyland theme of just, hey, we're just going to be all wind and solar. Go yeah. ask Germany how that's worked. Go ask <laughs> Germany how that's worked. All right. Help is on the way. The cavalry is coming. The Supreme Court made a tremendous decision. Uh, Scott Pruitt, former administrator of the EPA, thank you for walking us through this.